Hey everybody, this is Chris, episode 66 of the pod, let's do it, woohoo. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome in. <laughs> oh, welcome in to episode sixty-six of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. I is a, I am as always your host, Chris Mitchum, manager of Team Fairlife. We have the usual gang with us this week: Aaron Hunt, manager of Let Russ Microwave. What's going on, everyone? We're in the thick of it. We're tilting. There's injuries. It's just so fun, isn't it? It's it's not fun. It's actually not fun at all, Aaron. Thanks for asking. Um, I appreciate the positivity, though. We'll go over to Tim Raider, manager of Close But No Jamar, also a Cincinnati Bengals fan, which, Aaron, in case you didn't hear, the Indianapolis Colts are atop of the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC standings, in case you didn't see it. I sure did. That's surprising. I believe it. Not hard. Not hard to believe these days. You know, it's fine. Everything's fine. So it's, it's all good. Oh, we will get into all of that juicy goodness later in the show. Of course, coming to you guys virtually this week. So sorry for any sound inconveniences you may uh, you may encounter. But we're doing our best. Week two is in the books, as Aaron already mentioned. Gosh. Why does the Lord give me his toughest battles, dude? Oh. I want to share with the people what I got from Chris in the form of a voice audio message uh, when it happened. No! No, 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 no! And that was it. Nick Chubb out for the year. Um, in all reality, dude, hope he's okay. That was That was nasty. That was really gross. Um, I think it was the same knee that he like messed up pretty bad in college. So thoughts of this pod, all the listeners go out to this pod to Mr. Nick Chubb. Um, but yeah, that's just not good. I'm sure we'll get into it in the review, but obviously you had Saquon, you know, limping off the field toward the end as well. Joe Burrow limping off the field toward the end. Anthony Richardson just getting his head knocked. <laughs> <laughs> toward the game as well. Um, he sure did, man. That, but, I mean, hit his head right on the ground. Does it feel like there's been more injuries this year, or is it just me? Feels like a lot. Like, like way earlier in the season than normal. I don't yeah. – I, I can't explain it. I just, Maybe play your people in preseason, but I feel like there is not a team in this league that has not been hit by some kind of injury – Again, we'll probably get into it as we get into our reviews. But to all of the listeners out there in other leagues, just just stay strong. Aaron always likes to say it is a war of attrition out here. It's all about the waiver wire. It's about did you have your handcuffs? It's about 
did you play the right matchup when somebody maybe came in limited or was on a snap count? Or did you decide to bench a star tight end even though he was going to play this week and is a top two tight end every time he plays, Aaron? Um, you know, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, but you have to be on your toes, be water when it comes to these injury designations, folks. Thinking of all of you guys struggling out there. As always, pack show for you. Week two review. We'll get into all of the juicy matchups that kind of set, I think, a trend, set a course of action for a lot of these teams heading into week three. Then, of course, we have your power rankings after week two, the This League Guarantee, and the week three preview. Drinks of the week, fellas. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of a wuss this week. Had a tough day. Not feeling the greatest. I just... I got some water. I know I give you guys crap when you guys have water, but I have water today. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm taking the week off. I also have water. Uh, not not What's fun on this end. Uh, I'm actually house sitting from my parents, and uh, they don't have much in the form of alcohol. So there's that. Party at Aaron's place. Let's go. Three is the week to hydrate. It's a long season, boys. You got that Fiji water. Okay. Fancy water. Yes, daddy. Let's go. But, you know, got to stay hydrated. 17, 18 week regular season is a long time. I know. I know. So all three of us are hydrating. Remind me to hydrate, baby. Drink your water. Before we get into the show, question of the week. And I'll start with Tim. Uh, Tim. What is what is that? Is that a dog? <laughs> that would be uh my parents' dog. Uh his name's Buddy and he's barking at something. So sorry about that. He's calling us wussies for all having water for our drinks of the week. It's probably what it is. Yeah, calling us out. He does like beer, fun fact. So <laughs> he would kill to have anything but water, probably. Um anyway, oh, yeah. Aaron, I'll start with you. What has been your biggest fantasy surprise so far this year it could be a player it could be a team what has shocked you two weeks into the season so mine is just a trend that i'm seeing uh amongst a lot of the positions on offense uh how about them vets uh if you look at the top 12 at each position you've got a handful of guys that are uh, high up there as far as PPR rankings. You got Raheem Mostert as the RB6 on the year. Derrick Henry at 30 years old, RB8. Uh, Derrick Henry is 30 years old? Yeah. Wow. I, I think so. 20, 29 or 30? 29, yeah. yeah. Still. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think he turns 30 this year. Well, anyway, close to 30. Um, you got Mike Evans as the wide receiver four. Keenan Allen as the wide receiver five. Stephon Dix digs as the wide receiver Pause. nine. Uh, <laughs> We're 12 years old. Keep going, Aaron. Keep going, Aaron. Come on. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to get my composure. Stephon Diggs at the wide receiver nine and Josh Reynolds at the wide receiver 12. Just like everybody expected it. And then uh, at the tight end position, you got Hunter Henry as the tight end two. Evan Ingram at the tight end three. Darren Waller at the tight end four. Now, granted, the tight end, it's just it's a booty position. But the point remains, uh, the Wiley Vets are scoring the fantasy points early in the season. 
I like it. And I think that bodes well for a lot of the win now teams out there of, hey, you've got your pieces and they're going to perform for you. Um, so I think I feel like the last couple of years we've had a really big surge of rookies, right? Just rookies busting onto the scene, immediately being productive. You know, the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons. Um, I can't think of any off off the dome last year. I'm sure there's like super obvious ones I'm forgetting and people are going to roast me in the comments. But a lot of the veterans have been kind of performing this year for sure. Um, Tim, your biggest fantasy surprise so far this year? Honestly, um, to my dismay, it is the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Yeah, yeah. High-powered, rooting, tooting, flying around, two number one wide receivers, a stolid stud vet and Joe Mixon. Money invested in the offensive line. And Joe Burr is just not healthy. Is that what it is? I mean, from from a Bengals fan. He... I, I, I go back to go back to the preseason when he went down. He came out into that that practice. It's like week two of of uh, team practices. Had a sleeve on his calf. Clearly wasn't feeling right. Goes through a practice on a probably ninety five degree day. Injures the calf. He misses the whole rest of the preseason. What in the world are you doing, Zach Taylor? Having your I mean, like the, only, the, the franchise. The franchise. I can't even like put a label on it. What are you doing having that player practicing a little nicked up in the second week of practices or whatever it was? Just so early on, like he should he should have just been sitting out. He sh- if he would have just sat out a week back then, it'd be fine. It's easy. That's that's the only thing that I can explain it right now is that he Joe Burrow is not a hundred percent. Um. And it's tough. It's a tough situation. I, I don't know what the the right move is. Is it to let him sit out another? I mean, if he sat out seven weeks and wasn't fully healthy, reaggravates it. He's got to have to sit out another six, seven, eight weeks again, right? Like if it's that bad, as bad as it was the first time. I don't know. So until we hear from the team doc or something like somebody outside of Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, because they're both just like, yeah, whatever, it'll happen, something, you know, football, whatever, and we're, like, sitting here on the edge of our seats, like, please, I need more information than that. That's not enough. Um, Until we hear from that, that's going to be my biggest surprise in a letdown way so far. You know, we thought, you know, Jamar Chase was a top three pick in every fantasy draft this offseason. T. Higgins had wide receiver, high wide receiver two upside thought. Mixon was drafted high again. The guys just, you know, it, through two weeks, just not performing um, like we'd hope. Does it get Sad. better? Does it get better from a Bengals perspective? Dude, I I need to see something out of a team doc or something because the a couple of my main uh, follows on Twitter that usually have good instinct slash connections they're they're not talking like like he's coming back and playing this week. They're talking like you know he's gonna need four, five, six weeks out. And I I I don't know. Jeez, that's that's tough sledding. That's tough sledding. Um, I did it here today? I'm very nervous. Yeah, we have an official nervous. So are we are we like thinking about putting the panic button or are we are we not there yet? Um, it is it is like front and center on the the table right when you walk in the door. 
All right. It's like, hello, welcome to my office. This is my Bengals panic button. Right. Nice. All right. Well, I'll jump in here. My biggest fantasy surprise so far this year has got to be, I mean, let me set it up a little bit. This team was coming in. You got a veteran quarterback that a lot of people were thinking was maybe going to mail it in. Definitely his last year. You lose your star wide receiver in the preseason to a hamstring injury that nobody knows what's going on. You got a guy, a running back coming off a torn Achilles and then decided not even to play. So now you're starting a guy that nobody's ever really even heard of until this season started. And you're starting wide receivers. The best one you got is a rookie you drafted in the fifth round. So this offense is going to be horrendous, right? Sean McVay says no. What the hell is going on with the L.A. Rams offense, man? Matt Stafford looks rejuvenated. And, of course, the one, the only, Mr. Puka Nakur's light, man. That man has been, like, it's unbelievable. Obviously, he shattered the record for the most targets by a rookie in the first two weeks of his NFL career. I wouldn't be surprised if he's nearing the record for the most targets, period. I think it was 15 in week one, 20 in week two. And the, number. and the fun thing is for Hayden, who is the proud owner of Puka Nakua, all, I think he 80% of his routes have been out wide, not in the slot. Cooper Cup plays in the slot. So even when Cooper Cup comes back, there's a good chance that Puka Nakua remains fantasy relevant, not 20 targets a game relevant, obviously, but like a wide receiver two at minimum, I wouldn't be surprised, even when Cooper Cup comes back and continues to dominate the targets that he's used to. And then obviously, you got Kyron Williams, who is honestly my new baby boy. I love me some Kyron Williams. He has taken a hold of that starting running back job and has not let go of it. An amazing performance last week against a tough 49ers defense. And that's another thing. The Rams... Um, played that 49ers defense, they put up points. They were hanging with them. Matt Stafford looked great. Mistake-free football, no fumbles. It's, I think a lot of credit goes to Sean McVay that, you know, if you would have thought that you would have two top 10 options at running back and wide receiver after week two from the LA Rams, like you would think maybe Cooper Cup and, and, and Cam Akers, no. It's Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams, just like everybody guessed. The Rams offense is by far my biggest surprise this year. Also, shout out Tutu Atwell. Yeah, he's been balling as well. It's just the, all of these makeshift pieces that Sean McVay somehow has put together into a really formidable offense that the Colts, for fun, get to take on in week four, which I'm looking forward to. I'm going to that game, so it should be fun. Get to see Puka Nakua in the flesh. And see how he gets open in the flesh. Like I just <laughs> I know. Is he that, is he special or something? Like, what am I missing? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that would be worth a deep dive because I think a lot of credit probably goes to Sean McVay. But, I mean, you, you ask the same question, why is Travis Kelsey open all the time? Why is Cooper Cup open all the time? It's, it's these schemes, man, that if you just, you know, run the right route, I think you can get a lot of opportunities. Let us know your biggest fantasy surprise. This league underscore pod on Twitter on Instagram, interact with us there, and let's get uh, let's get on with it. Let's jump into the week two review. Week two has come and gone, and we had some really big matchups. I said it in the preview last week. One and one sounds a lot better than zero oh and two. 
and two and zero sounds a lot better than one and one. Our first matchup was two teams on uh, opposite sides of the record, but the power rankings and us three agreed very, very close in stature. It was your boy, Chris, and Team Fairlife taking on Chipotle Division foe Hayden and Tua, Infinity and Bijan. Me coming into this one at 0-1, Hayden at 1-0. and First off, shout out to Chris on just – Kyron Williams just being on his roster and also having the stones, the gonads to just throw him in the starting lineup over a household name such as Najee Harris, which I know was probably not an easy decision to make. When did the Cam Akers news came out like 15 minutes before kickoff? Which it was thank, like 10 minutes. Thankfully, yeah. they were the 425 games. It came out like 15 minutes before the one o'clock kickoffs. But, um, yeah, that threw a wrench in my plans, which obviously ended up being a good thing. If, I think it got you the win. I think it did, or yeah. Very, very, very much close to it. So, yeah, I mean, that was an incredible find and probably will be in your starting lineup for the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll get to why in a minute. Love to see Josh Allen back to his old ways in your starting lineup. It was a really great showing from both him and James Cook. Um, TJ... Hawkinson uh, may have very well won him, uh, won you the week as well on Thursday night football. Just looking real nice. incredible performance from the tight end one in all of fantasy. Um, Ridley was a huge dud, but I'm not worried about it one bit. The Jags just were atrocious on offense for whatever reason. Couldn't get anything going, but I think they get back on track next week against Houston. Nick Chubb. Dude, uh, that's just devastating blow to your team. Um, I, you I you just, wanted him as I just lit a first round pick on fire. I don't need that. I don't need it. It's cool. You can have it. Yeah. I don't need it. That's all right. Man, yeah. No! No! <laughs> no! It was a devastating blow for you. The video of his injury was just awful, just really bad. I feel so horrible for him. It's the same knee that he injured at Georgia in 2015. Oh, this music's just still, still going. Never uh, ready. <laughs> Listen, uh, so yeah, you, you got to hate it for Nick Chubb. He was really emotional once the injury happened, understandably, but there is a silver lining. I think for Chris, he has arguably some of the best RB depth in the league and you immediately can plug in Jerome Ford to Another cover. Another Sunday morning pickup. People do it, man. Just, if you got a spot, yeah, just, just just get one. Kyron last week, Jerome Ford this week. Like, you never know, man. Just just grab one. Yeah. So props to Chris for just being prepared for that. So, you know, you definitely have a drop-off when Nick Chubb's out of your lineup. But, I mean, Jerome Ford looked, Ford looked uh, pretty good. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if Kareem Hunt is going to get signed there. I know he was visiting the Browns today. So we'll see if there's a contract that comes out as a result of that. Um, but regardless, on Hayden's side, 
Um, ETN and Fryermuth were really disappointing to say the least for him. He needs a solution at tight end. I think I've been saying that for the last couple of seasons. Like he just has not had a tight end that can score him even like 10 points consistently. I've never been which, a Pat Fryermuth guy. I've like I, I get it. He's he's like sneaky athletic and catches passes, but at the end of the day, you're in a Pittsburgh Steelers offense where you're the uh, third target. I mean, I could argue four if you want to put like Jalen Warren in there. He had more targets than Pat Fryermuth last week, so I've, I've never yeah. been a Fryermuth guy. Yeah, and I, you know, Hayden's a Steelers fan, so it makes sense that he has some exposure to a Steelers player on his roster but he needs to really upgrade that position somehow but outside of that honestly his team didn't perform all that bad pretty decent across the board Mahomes with 20 plus Bijan with 20 plus Derrick Henry had 18 Waddle and Gibbs had 12 apiece which is more of a floor game for them but you'll take it Waddle's in concussion protocol this week so that means that Puka Nakua uh, gets the nod and is Gosh, in the lineup dude 20 targets, people. 20. 2 0. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that many. That's like yeah, Hopkins Houston days. And yeah, it's it's pretty incredible um what Puka's doing. So I why not? Right? Ride the train. See what happens there. I think really it boils down to the tight end being the main story in this one. Hayden's tight end had one point and Chris's had 25. And if you look at their point total that they both had in the differential, it was roughly that. So final score, team fair life, 141 to infinity and Bijan, 119. Yep. Good game to Hayden. I think the last thing I'll point out here, this might be the most explosive bench game from both teams that I've ever seen. I mean, on my side, you had DeAndre Swift with 27, Jerome Ford with 24, Gabe Davis with 21, George Pickens with 22, Jordan Addison with 16, and then on Hayden's side, he had Rashad White with 21, Marvin Mims with 20, Puka Nakua with 30, Tank Dell with 20. Like, our benches were popping off this week, and I don't think you saw any, like, obvious, oh, you should have started him this week but I think going forward a lot of interesting decisions with those players none of them I really named or I would consider household names right now except maybe Puka at this point but um, I, I think that maybe spells a lot of tough lineup decisions for both squads going forward any thoughts on this one Tim before we move on uh, only thought is I think brighter days ahead for Gibbs um, obviously Montgomery going down Craig Reynolds inserted into the action but Gibbs should see an uptick in usage Craig Reynolds that does not sound like a football Craig Reynolds imagine a running back named Craig imagine you get like like juked or like stiff-armed by a running back named Craig that'd be so sad if I was if I was an NFL defender let's move on to the probably should just quit yeah I know Ooh, uh, Craig just juked me out of my shoes all right, let's move on to the next match up here. And what I almost kind of considered, you know, obviously we had the battle for Chipotle, which we'll get to later between Aaron and Anthony. But you can kind of consider this matchup to be the poor man's battle of Chipotle. And, of course, I am talking about Tim and close but no Jamar coming into this one at 1-0, taking on Stretch 
And we have a new name, by the way. Walker, hardly know her. I love that. I love that. About time you switched your name from a guy who's no longer on your team. But it was Tim. It was Stretch. Both of these teams coming into this at 1-0. and And this could have been the matchup to watch heading into week two because you got to think the two favorites in the Cadoba division are these two fighters right here. Tim and Stretch, the winner of this, gets the early jump at the top of the Cadoba division. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll just jump right to it. Stretch put a whooping on Tim this week, man. Final score, 158 to 113. And Tim, you might want to you might want to cover your cover your ears coming up here. I'm sorry. I got to do it. But the maybe the worst part about this, 113 with Tim. He was considered the best manager this week just because he he set his optimal lineup, right? According to the sleeper, the person who set their most optimal lineup was Tim. And he puts 113 points. And I think going into this one, we all thought, Joshua Kelly, you dropped the big fab on him. And you needed to because you needed a start this week. And he had a pretty good matchup at Tennessee, or so we thought, going into this one. And he just didn't perform, unfortunately, which isn't bad fantasy play per se. I think any fantasy expert you would tell you would tell you, you know, maybe outside of the Kyron Williams. Like he was the start on the waiver wire to do this week. And he just didn't show up. And you combine that with Isaiah Pacheco that had eight points. I mean, the running backs, I said it last week with Aaron Jones being out, but they're just bad. They're just bad. And I, I, what was that? Two more weeks. I know. Save me. I mean, hopefully, I don't think that's a guarantee, especially being Colts fans. Like, hopefully he gets traded or something within that time, which I think is actually the more injuries you see, the more and more likely that it becomes. I think like the Ravens are a hot spot. The Browns now. Alexander Madison's trash. So maybe the the Vikings are an option. Now that we're in the season. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you could definitely hope for that, but I don't, I don't even think that's a guarantee. Um, and obviously you have Aaron Jones, who's you know kind of carrying a lingering hamstring now. So for me and Tim, something needs to change there. If, if we want to you know be fighting for the top spots, you know, it's it's going to be tough for me to see you as a top top contender. You know, if we're rolling out Isaiah Pacheco and uh, you know Roshan Johnson or Johnson, whoever, brighter days are ahead for sure. But um, I, I think another concerning thing for Tim's roster for me, it looks like ten points for Chris Godwin seems to be the new normal um, with Baker Mayfield, especially Baker Mayfield knowing he just loves to sling it down to Mark. Uh, to Mark, wow, to uh, Mike Evans on the other side, which is obviously on Stretch's team, and he benefited there. Um, and then obviously we already had a brief Bengals discussion, but Jamar Chase, it, it's tough to see him be that elite productivity without his quarterback backing him up doing that. And we already heard from Tim that he's a little concerned, Burrow not looking right, not looking healthy, maybe taking some days. Like I don't know if there's brighter days ahead for Jamar Chase anytime soon going with that one. So uh, enough about Tim's team. You can open your ears now. It's good. I'm done. (laughs) You have a chance to comment here. But Stretch's team, guys, God, it just – this sucks. This sucks. This sucks. When Tim – when when Stretch is good, it sucks. I mean, his team was just a well-oiled machine this week. All of his starters besides Josh Jacobs scored in double digits. And you would hope Josh Jacobs just currently – representing the running back 30 in fantasy football, 
you got to hope that's just some rust stuff. Obviously, came in late. Who knows about his shape? Stuff like that. He's still getting the workload you want to see. But um, if he can if he can get on the bus, man, this team looks formidable. He was the highest scorer of this week. He was the highest scorer of last week. I think a lot of that also has to do with the Dallas defense. And the, I think the scariest thing about Stretch here is you you look at his performances, you know, Mike Evans with 29, Devontae Smith with 23 to highlight some. You don't look at any of those and say, oh, that's not going to happen or that's not going to be normal. Like you you see all of his performances and it's like, I could see that happening every week, unfortunately. Even with Garrett Wilson, I think his talent can come above, you know, whatever Zach Wilson's going to throw his way. Sam Laporta also looks like a home run when it comes to tight end production and rookies. He looks like a home run. He's doing better than Dalton Kincaid. Maybe I should have put Sam Laporter in my bull prediction last week instead of Dalton Kincaid as a top five tight end. So ultimately, I, I'm i officially panicked if I'm Tim, definitely within the next couple weeks for sure. Um, you know, I don't think you want to fall too far behind. Uh, granted, we know the Cadoba is an easy division, but um, not only for his Bengals, but you know for his fantasy team as well. And as for Stretch, I'm, I'm officially nervous. I'm officially a little scared that stretch can like sustain this for a long time. I mean, Anthony Richardson, he played one quarter of football and probably finished as a top 15 quarterback this week. Like that's, that's kind of terrifying. So I'll leave it there again. Your final score stretch, the highest score of the week, 158 to Tim, 113. I think it's a little personal to say that you're panicked for my team right now. It's week two. We're one and one in the weakest division. You know, we're talking about, you know, six teams make the playoffs, four down. I'm still solidly in the top six. I'm not too worried about long term. Uh, Just trying to get through these next couple weeks here until we can see what the lineup looks like. And I'm chalking this week up. I've already buried the tapes. (laughs) Buried Uh, the tapes. Nice. Stretch's team had eight touchdowns. I had three. Uh, Jalen Hurts was the only guy on my team to score a touchdown. That's, you know, I'm chalking it up for that. A little touchdown luck his way. No touchdown luck my way from my big guys. Um, And, yeah, buried the tapes. This was one of those weeks, man. Bengals look bad. I went 0-4 in fantasy leagues. Like, we moved on. It's week three. And, Aaron, for Stretch's team, do you feel the same way I do about just being kind of nervous about him being good again? Please, God, no. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm there. Um, he definitely looks like he is the top of the class of the Qdoba division for sure. Um, and it, I don't see any super bad weaknesses on his team. It used to be the tight end, but Sam Laporta is really starting to have some decent floor. The tight end five on the year right now. Yeah, exactly. Which again, not saying much because Early, tight right. end production is not that much across the board, but. Regardless, he has at least a solution at tight end now. And I mean, if Josh Jacobs can get back to his old ways, his team's just scary. And I think the Dallas defense is just going to be one of those defenses. I had him, well, not the Dallas defense, but I had the Patriots defense in 2021 yeah, that single that. single handedly won me weeks. And Dallas looks to be that for stretch. And if you've got a defense like that where it's matchup proof with guys that are producing, uh, yeah, he's going to be scary to play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go on to our next matchup. It was another Cadoba clash, and it was between Don and Njigba's in Paris coming into this one at 0-1. 
taking on Clayton and the Red Rocket at 0-1. I'm excited for this one. Turned out to be a pretty, pretty good matchup. Uh, a, a relatively low-scoring affair. Um, right off the bat, uh, not a lot of popping in the in terms of total numbers. You had Nico Collins for Clayton with 27. Nobody else was above 20. Uh, Tony Pollard was the high for Don of 19.9. Almost got there. Um, but I'm sitting here thinking that I, I, I was high on Don. He was my dark horse contender, you know, not just a dark horse team, but like, is his team grosser than I thought? I think we could all confidently say he like probably would have been the, the podcast dark horse this year. Like we, we've all, I think, praised Don's team at one point or the other over the past three, four weeks. I mean, Purdy didn't look good against the Rams. Tony Pollard is solid. Miles Sanders is just a volume play right now. Chris Olave's yet to be really involved in the offense. And Ayuk gets hurt for Don. Uh, shoulder looked kind of banged up. And then, you know, just Jahan Dotson not 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 getting the guys going. That's disappointing this season. So, you know, we gotta see we gotta see a little bit more out of him. Um, on Clayton's side, he overcame a, a whopping zero from Zay Jones. Hot dog. What a what a weird situation that is. Also, you know, also got banged up and, you know, six targets, but zero points, zero catches. Uh, nice production out of Elijah Moore. Um, and then Drake London. Clap How about it? Up. it? Clap it up for Drake London. He, he is still on the team. <laughs> and they passed the ball a couple times. I mean, at least like probably 10. So we got to give it up for Clayton here. Clayton wins. Get right Let's to go! it. Let's go! Red Rocket one and one, just like just about everybody else in the league. Take the time, celebrate a big dub, early dub. Clayton, enjoy it, Clayton. Enjoy this feeling, baby. Got a such a huge win for him. Heck yeah, baby. Let's go. God, what a moment. And I might have my official eyeballs of the week. Zach Moss looked great on Sunday. As a Colts fan who watched every snap, Zach Moss looked great, which is something I thought I would never say in my life. I'll be honest. Yeah, he did look pretty good. And the fact that he's just going to be that volume guy until JT comes back, which, again, we have no idea how that's going to look when he does inevitably return. So, Yep, absolutely. So congratulations to Clayton at 1-1. One Don is a place where I, he definitely doesn't want to be, and also considering he has not played anybody from Chipotle division yet, unfortunately falls to 0-2. Let's move on to our next matchup. It was a battle between Steven and Mount Passmore taking on Zach and <coughs> Bruce Lightning. And in this one, it was also a low-scoring affair as well. Literally a race to 100 points for both teams that Steven just barely eclipsed. Oof. Both, Q- both QBs put up pretty solid efforts on both sides, 20-plus. Um, a lot of floor-type performances from most positions, I would say, up and down the lineups. Uh, really, I think, where Zach lost this game to Steven – was at the flex spots, a combined four points for Zach between 
Alexander Madison and Brees Lightning himself, Brees Hall. Uh, you can't win when that's the case. You how, just how how panicked? I guess I use the word panicked a lot. How do we feel about Alexander Madison right now? I was I was pretty high on him before the year. Um, anytime he played for Dalvin, he was productive. Now he's the lead guy. He just has not looked good. Like he's Great getting back. the carries and he's not getting looking good. I'm not too concerned yet. Definitely, I'm worried a little bit, but he did go up against the Eagles defense on a short week, which, you know, they are a pretty stout defense, probably top five in the NFL. So I think, yeah, there's definitely some concern, but I'm not like bailing on him just yet. Okay. But uh, when it comes to Zach, you have to think that Brian Robinson would get the start for him this coming week after the performance he put up. Uh, 28 points, very solid. And it probably hurt to see that production on the bench. And I think Zach also might have to really just hit the waivers hard to find any semblance of production at the wide receiver position. It's just really rough right now for him i mean he's starting josh downs which you know go horse at the end of the day but (laughs) hey you know colt go colt yeah which (laughs) you know that's hype but you know darnell mooney's hurt deontay johnson's hurt you're starting Traylon burks he's i think there's some promise there long term but he's largely unproven it just i just don't see anything there and when you don't have really wide receivers to keep pace, I think losses will continue to accumulate. So with that being said, Steven, I, you know, he gets his first win of the season, which has to feel good for him, but he's going to need more points against playoff caliber teams. I think he's going to start falling behind if he can only just barely eclipse hundred. So the final score in this one, Mount Passmore, one Oh two Brees lightning 80. Yeah, I think the only team with worse running back stuff looking than Tim is Steven. <laughs> like, man, man. I mean, he's lucky Aaron Jones was out because he got to play A.J. Dillon. But even without that, you're starting Samaje P. Ryan and Dalvin Cook. I don't – like, I, y'all know I'm a big fan of running back depth. So whenever I see this, I just get sick to my tummy. Anything to add here, Tim, before we move on? Nope. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well – that was your fourth game we reviewed, which means we have one game remaining, and you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, your game of the week in a matchup that packed more juicy goodness than my typical Chipotle burrito order. Our matchup to watch Heading into week two, lived up to the hype, ladies and gentlemen. 311 combined points in a matchup that has to be the biggest combined points in a matchup this league has seen in a generation as Let Russ Microwave and Team Uninspired Youth left it all on the table with the winner taking the mantle of the top dog in the fierce Chipotle division. And ladies and gentlemen, you wanted stars in this matchup. You got stars. 27 points from Saquon Barkley. 20 points from Devontae Adams. 28 points from, he's back, from Higgy Ziggy 
T. Higgins for Aaron. And on the other side, we had 22 points from Christian McCaffrey, 23 points from Justin Jefferson, and 31 points got from Keenan Allen for Anthony. The Stars came out to play in a matchup that was built for the headlines. And the SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen, came down to Monday night. Anthony needing 1.36 points from Jamal Williams. That's cake, right? Right? I mean, not if a second quarter hamstring has anything to do about it. Jamal Williams tweaked it out for the game in the second quarter, but thankfully for Anthony, Jamal Williams secured 1.6 points more than necessary before piecing out for the rest of the game, giving Anthony the narrowest of victories, 156 to 154. Anthony moves to 2-0, top of the competitive Chipotle division, and Aaron moves to a disappointing 1-1. But listen, Aaron, you gave it everything you could, and we talked about it earlier. Two reasons for the loss. One, Trevor Lawrence what the hell are you doing, man? What what are what are we doing? We're playing the Chiefs. Everybody's hype about the Jags. Oh yeah, Duval, this is our year. Trevor Lawrence, AFC South is his. Let's go. Um, what was his total? Like eight points? Seven. Seven, seven points. points. And number yeah. two. And Tim, I, I want to get your opinion on this. I I told Aaron that if Mark Andrews is even remotely healthy, him and Kelsey, you got to start him no matter what. You got to start him. And, like, I know, Aaron, you know, the, the the reports were murky on Thursday when you had to play Dallas Goddard, who ended up only getting you eight points. But, um, Tim, how, how do you feel about that decision to, like, go safe, go Dallas Goddard on, Dallas Goddard on Thursday versus maybe, I think at that point, Mark Andrews was maybe trending toward playing on Thursday? Or was it like super high up in the air at that point? I think he had maybe a couple limited practices under his belt, but it was still still murky. I'll give, I'll give Aaron credit that the timing of that was just kind of poor. Um, and I, I can't fault him for just trying to get the easy points, but... You know, it, it's easy for us to say, looking back, you know, and, and going forward, I think he'll, he'll say the same thing. But Kelsey and Mark Andrews, you play them no matter what. Even if they're banged up at 50%, you, you play them for touchdown upside and just target monsters. But, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I'll cut a little slack for just the, just the way the timing fell on that decision. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly where I landed with it. I, I had to get points from the tight end spot. And if Mark Andrews was declared out on Friday or Saturday, points aren't coming from Kyle Pitts. I was, I was not about to play Kyle Pitts because he did exactly what I thought he was going to do and get me basically nothing. And I didn't have a spot on my roster where I felt like, okay, let me go grab a fourth tight end. So, right. you know, I, I, I felt like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place and, you know, Yes, I'm. Well, I'm disappointed in that decision. I I put more of the weight on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if you just get me ten points, I win. So, <laughs> you know, I I think it it more so falls on just that uh, piece of it. But definitely a lesson learned. Really unfortunate timing, and uh, yeah, I guess 
I, I don't foresee me honestly having this type of dilemma very often. So, you know, Mark Andrews will always be in my lineup going forward. You learned your lesson, young man. <laughs> going forward. Sure did. Draft sure did. Start Mark Andrews no matter what. Um, as for Anthony, promising signs on the bench continue for Zay Flowers. And uh, good hope for Amari Cooper as well. I think he's still kind of searching for that final flex piece. You know, I think he started – or he tried to start Jerry Judy this week. He went with Jamal Williams. I think the week before he started somebody. It might have been Jonathan Mingo. I forget who he started last week. But I think he's still kind of trying to find that last, that last piece, that last infinity stone to make his team – Truly a juggernaut going forward, but he was certainly a juggernaut this week. Again, your final score, Anthony 156, Aaron 154. God, that's got to feel bad. That's so many points to lose. That stinks. All right. It does. It does hurt. It does hurt. But that's classic me and Anthony, you know, first matchup of the season. All right. Well, that was your week two review. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know your thoughts, your comments, and your reactions on our social medias, on this podcast, whatever you want to do. But let's get into some power rankings. Broncos country. Let's ride. We have post-week two power rankings. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. hot. And by George, he's done it. Starting at number 10, we have... Brees Lightning. Oh. Where is he? He's not there. The Red Rocket has climbed out of the cellar. That is unbelievable. Let's, Let's go. go. Out of the cellar. Two weeks historic run of events. Clayton smiling ear to ear. You can see it from here, man. Congratulations. Congrats, congrats, congrats. In the eighth spot. Staying the same after a loss to said Red Rocket. And Jigba's in Paris. Uninspiring start to the season. Mm -hmm. At seven, also staying the same. Mount Passmore, uh, seemingly on the, the cell train playing for the future. Leads us into the top six. We're down four spots. How the mighty have oh, fallen. God. Close, but no Jamar. You know, like I said, bury the tapes. We're on to week three. There you go. No comment. There you no go. comment. Hey, you guys, you guys gave my team some billboard material last week. What do you call that? Why I always forget to get that name wrong. Some bulletin, bulletin board material. Yeah. That one is. Hey, I had it last week, man. So you got him next week, Tim. You got this. It's a long season. It's a long season. At five, down a couple spots. In the power rankings, after a win, sorry, after a loss, to Tua, Infinity, and mm. Bijan. Okay. Slide down a couple spots, you know, put up a solid showing. You know, we still like the team. We still like the pieces, um, but but slides down a couple spots. Hayden, Hayden for me, is kind of like Dawn a little bit where – we still like the pieces, but it's just been a little disappointing so far. Week I think. to week. Yeah, week to week. Yeah, got got to still put it together. Yep. Um, up a spot in the power rankings after a convincing dub. Team Fairlife climbing up the ranks. We like it. At, Stack them. Yes. At number three, we have 
the reigning champ, Super Camario. Sorry, that is Walker. Hardly know her. Walker, I hardly know her. I'm up two spots to number three in the power rankings, and it's getting tougher and tougher to not see him as a top uh, one. Three team he's this ascending. League. This is the he's worst. He's ascending. This is the worst. Stretch. Um, yeah, I think we all hope you don't win again. <laughs> At number two in the power rankings, up a couple of spots. Bounce back from week one. Team Uninspired Youth. Mm, good. And remaining yep. in the first This is spot, interesting. Despite a head-to-head loss. I know. Russ Microwave. I, out, out of respect, I put Anthony at one. I want you to know that, Anthony. I put you at one in my power rankings. I'm the only team in the league that scored 150 both weeks. Whatever helps you sleep at night, Aaron. <laughs> and, and end of com- end of comment. All right. Well, Tim, run through them real quick one more time. Your week two power rankings. We'll go top to bottom, reverse order. Number one, let Russ microwave. Number two, team uninspired youth. Number three, Walker hardly know her. <laughs> Number four, team Fairlife. Number five, Tua Infinity and Beyond. Number six, close, but no Jamar. Number seven, Mount Passmore. Number eight, Jigba's in Paris. Number nine, the Rocky. How about it? Crowd loves it. The crowd loves it. And number 10, Breeze Lightning. Breeze Lightning. We'll get him next week, man. That is your week two power rankings. Let's move on to the next segment. Let's go... <laughs> Try and make some money. The This League Guarantee. You know what? The Bengals are getting warmed up. You know, this league guarantee is getting warmed up. That's all. I mean, at least we're consistent. Again, (laughs) all three legs, rough looking. But, hey, they weren't as bad as we were. uh, we were a cold start on the mower, let me tell you. That's Can I have a 20-second dialogue real quick, like monologue? Yeah, absolutely. The NFL rigged, like, we, I had 49ers minus 7.5. They're up by 10. The Rams have the ball. They're <laughs> trying to drive. Oh, I forgot about that. They have, like, three seconds left on the clock, like, legit three seconds, and they go ahead and spike the ball. And say, yeah, let's just kick a field goal. Time's going to expire. There's no shot to get the ball back with an onside kick and have a helmet. There's no time on the clock. Why did Sean McVay spike the ball and kick the field goal to cover the spread? Gambling has infiltrated the purity of the NFL, and the NFL is rigged. He had to, he had to know. What's, what, what, what's another reasoning to do that? It, it's insane. So I'm counting that one as a dub in my mind. Did he get asked at all, like during post game presser? Like, no, why I did you do that? Anything, but surely, I mean, that was just a wild sequence of events. Usually, you're like, eh, didn't get it this time. Let's just, blah, blah, blah. or yeah, time was expiring, man. There, it's not like he had 12 seconds, could kick the field goal, and then do an onside kick. There was no time left. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, Tim, you seem to be the closest out of any of us 
to getting one of these right. So we'll start with you for this week. What is your leg of the this league guarantee? Oh man, you know, closest, still, still not there. Just like the team name says, close but no Jamar. Come on. Uh, week three, the board's looking looking better. I'd say um, I'm gonna go with the first leg in the this league guarantee parlay as the Tennessee Titans on the road. Okay. At the Cleveland Elves. Nice. Plus three Titans plus three against the Elves. Nick Chubb, we've said it, goes down. Yikes. Deshaun Watson does has not had a single game where he has looked good since joining the Browns. Yikes. Titans D run defense is still solid. And the run offense has Derrick Henry. Tasha Spears looks like a stud. He's getting involved early in he Austin. He looks really good. First couple of weeks of the season. Um and unlike the, the Bengals, who, you know, it rained a little bit and then we couldn't do anything on offense in Cleveland, weather's not a factor for this Titans offense. Whether or not they're, you know, playing in snow, rain, perfectly sunny skies, you name it, they're just going to run the ball with Derrick Henry and Tannehill's going to throw a few passes to D-Hop and then the rest of the guys are going to get a couple. So uh, not super inspiring talk there in the Titans offense. Uh, but I think they control this game and can easily cover a plus three uh, against the Browns team that could be sent into a little bit of a reeling situation. Mm. I dig it. I wonder how much that line moved after the Chubb injury. I wouldn't be surprised if it moved like a point or two. Like, I think he's that good. He's responsible for that much scrimmage yards. Um, all right. Well, I like it. I like it, Tim. Aaron, let's go on to you. Your leg of this league guarantee. Sorry. Uh, okay, yeah. So my uh, this league guarantee leg is Houston Texans versus Jacksonville Jaguars over 43 and a half points. Guys, I think Vegas is severely underestimating this game because I see points galore where Vegas is like, let's temper expectations. The Jaguars, I think, are going to be very motivated to go out and show just how good they can be on offense. And I anticipate a monster game from the likes of Calvin Ridley and company. I even watched the press conference after the game with the Kansas city, Trevor Lawrence, just you know, the just sheer frustration that he had in his voice of how the team played. I think he's going to get refocused and this is a real get right spot for them. I think they eclipse 30 points in this one. Meaning for the over, you only have to have two touchdowns from the Texans, which based off how they were throwing the ball last week against the Colts, and you could argue the Jaguars are you know not that much better of a defense in pass coverage from the Colts, although definitely better. The Colts secondary really struggles, but they're going to throw the ball, and they're going to throw the ball whether they're down by a lot or a little because they can't run the ball worth the dang, man. Um, so I think we see the passing game just continue to cook like we did last week. And I just like riding that momentum into this matchup. I like CJ Stroud, how he's playing Trevor Lawrence coming back. Both those guys are going to throw and probably have 40 plus pass attempts. Uh, yeah, I think it's, we can officially say Bryce young is the worst looking rookie quarterback so far this year. Cause CJ Stroud, I, they were down most of the game. So obviously, I think Damian Pierce was averaging less than two yards a carry against 
a very, very underrated Colts defensive line. Um, yeah, he looked great. C.J. Stroud looked really good. Um, so I think I can see neither defense is really wanting to stop either one. Or even if the Jags do get out to an early lead, I think Houston showed that they can keep up and kind of drive that drive that point total up. How we feel about that one, Tim? We like it. We like it a lot. Points, points, points. Uh, good bounce back game here. Yeah, it was a great week for the overs last week. Let's hope it continues to go into this week. My leg at the parlay. I know we try to avoid sounding like homers, you know, rooting for our teams. Everybody root for my team. But this genuinely – sounded like Yeah, homers. everybody root for my team. <laughs> um, but this genuinely was the one that stuck out to me. I am taking your Indianapolis Colts. Colt, go Colts. Go Horse, baby. Seven and a half against the Ravens this week. In Baltimore, I get it. And my reasoning here is – Seven and a half is a lot of points. That's over a touchdown. And uh, by the way, this is assuming that Anthony Richardson plays. Um, but basically, you just have to make the argument of how do the Colts stay in this game. And I think they do. The Colts, this is the same defense, I just mentioned it, that averaged, uh, made Damian Pierce average two yards a carry. And then week one, yeah, Travis Etienne had 75 yards, but it took him 19 carry, excuse me, 18 carries to get there. So this this defensive line, this run defense has been really good. Yes, the Ravens have a top 10 run offense right now, but they have a bottom 10 pass offense right now. And who who are you going to be throwing at this at this Colts front besides Lamar Jackson? Like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill? Like I'll take ETN and Damian Pierce over them any day. So I think the Colts match up with the Ravens really well, being able to stop what makes them really successful, which is the run game. And we've seen Anthony Richardson, just with his plays, his legs, running into the end zone, he's going to keep you in ball games to the point where I don't think – I think the Ravens win. Don't get me wrong. They're certainly res- respectable favorites. But I think seven and a half points is a little disrespectful to the Colts, um, especially, you know, you saw Zach Moss come back and give us at least somewhat of a heartbeat at the running back position because week one is really tough. So um, assuming Anthony Richardson plays and he's good to go – I like the Colts plus seven and a half, and I hope that doesn't make me sound too uh, too homery there. No, I I agree. I I like it a lot, and especially if AR can come back and play from being in the concussion protocol, I think we can keep pace. I definitely think the Ravens will still win just because they're a better team overall, but they still have some injuries that uh, they're trying to fight back through and. I think, you know, over time, that's going to catch up to them a little bit. So I think the Colts give them a run for their money. I like it. And that is your guarantee this week. You were looking at a plus, no, it was last week, sorry, plus 601. So 10 bucks wins you 70 bucks. And again, your this league guarantee for the week. Colts plus seven and a half against the Ravens. Titans plus three against the Cleveland Browns or the Cleveland Elves, depending on who you talk to. And the Houston Texans versus Jacksonville Jaguars, an AFC South scramble that's going to be set at over 43 and a half. We guarantee it. Let's get on to the week two preview. Broncos country, let's ride. Tell you what, guys, one week is a happenstance, two weeks is a coincidence. 
Week three, we're going to learn a lot about teams. We're going to learn a lot about players. I think three weeks is officially a trend. You know, I, I think there's still some murky situations we got to figure out. One of them off the top of my head is what who the heck is the wide receiver two in Jacksonville? Or heck, who's the wide receiver one in Jacksonville? Christian Kirk came back to it. And just things like that. You know, how's Cleveland's situation going to turn out? Um, all, all, all that kind of stuff. So there's still a lot to figure out three weeks into the season. And uh, there's a good chance that, you know, if some folks start 0-3 or something this week, and 3-0 comparatively as well, you know, this is a big week. So we'll just jump right into it with the first matchup. We got a cross-divisional matchup. You love – or actually, we do not. I'm sorry. We have Aaron and uh, let Russ Microwave at 1-1 one one, taking on Clayton and the Red Rocket at 1-1 one one on the same playing field. Aaron and Clayton, the same record. Never forget it. Right now, Aaron and Clayton, both 1-1. One a moment in history. History. Well, these are the games that if you're Aaron, you got to win. You know, you got to you got to keep pace in the Chipotle division. You got to pad the W stats. Um, and Clayton, you're off an impressive uh, win. Some of the guys are scoring points. Let's see if you can, you know, make it close. Let's see what happens. Right now, in, or Aaron, with a 62% chance of victory with an open defense spot in the lineup. So you're probably going to land somewhere around 70 I mean, we said it, Kareem Hunt. He can't sign soon enough, huh? I mean, yeah, right. Eckler is looking like a no go for this week. They said, uh, what did they say? Like a no, no timeline table. Yeah, no timeline. Not, not good. Yeah. Um, so we get Kareem Hunt back in there soon. That'd be pretty nice for you. But Mostert looking like a stud. Uh, you got the guys. No need to harp on them all day long. And Mark Andrews is getting deployed. First time you get. Yes, sir. Week three, send them on out there against your Colts. On Clayton's side of the wall, uh, we've got a lot of poor matchups um, from the Joe Burrow question mark. Like, I don't I don't have much confidence, like I said, as a Bengals fan. So you turn into Jordan Love, maybe. Um Damian Pierce right now that the Houston's offensive line is basically just like four Bobby Hart's like <laughs> they were down four starters last week. They lost two to season long IR already. And so Pierce was like one of my favorites coming into the season. I drafted him in a couple of redraft leagues and I, he's like, running behind scrubs he's getting hit in the backfield every single play so i you know just not a not a player you can rely on right now um and tbd on the drake london nico collins matchup you know like them last week let's see uh let's see them perform again uh, and for uh the zay jones currently in the lineup does he bounce back from a zero does he have an injury we'll find out um however i'm taking aaron easily I'm taking Aaron as well. Those running backs don't look very good, but you picked a good week to have some folks get healthy. Yeah, this is a stretch in my schedule that, you know, I can maybe breathe a little easy, try to get some guys healthy before some other difficult matchups across divisions, but still have to show up for it. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, I need to probably get to 120, and that's going to be enough to take care of Clayton. Um, but, you know, anything can happen in a given week. I, I will say, though, I am 6-0 and against Clayton in this league history. I've never lost to him. So 
tight nugget. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Uh, clean sweep for Aaron there. Let's move on to our next matchup, one that I am particularly excited about. Stretch, welcome to the Chipotle division. Stretch and Walker, I barely know her, at 2-0, and crossing over divisions, playing a team that wants to get back on the winning trail, Hayden and Tua Infinity and beyond at 1-1. One and one. And, you know, guys, despite all of the positive talk around Stretch's team, always oh, so good, uh, has a lot of really nice and solid pieces that he's getting to play every week. Hayden is the one with a 61% chance of victory, according to Sleeper. I don't think or that's Hayden correct. Po- <laughs> I don't think that's correct. I don't know how, but, hey, I mean – Sleeper likes his team, so it's got to feel you got to feel good if you're Hayden, at least from that angle. Puka Nakua is now entering the chat. He's a he's officially. a wide receiver one, dude. He's a wide receiver one until something else. Until Cooper else, Cup comes back. Come on, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, yep. And you know the question will be, can he continue to keep it up? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, all of that. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he can keep it up. Uh, Jalen Waddle in concussion protocol. That I think that's a huge factor to watch out for for Hayden. It would definitely be a chink in the armor if he has to sit Jalen Waddle. Gibbs and Robinson with some inviting matchups and playing each other in the same game. So that'll be kind of exciting to see them perform against each other, um, especially if uh, David Montgomery is out. Uh, that would be huge for Hayden because that means probably more touches for Gibbs. Friermuth is still his tight end for now. I think <laughs> I just I do not I can't believe he would continue to play Friermuth. Um he has to do something I think in waivers something at that position. It I just am not convinced otherwise. Um ETN, I think, should bounce back pretty nicely against the Texans. And Mahomes is going to absolutely torch the Bears. I mean, he could probably go for 50 this week, especially with another week where Kelsey uh, is just going to get healthier. And then for Stretch on his side, he does have a lot of ceiling plays in his lineup that have been hot. They've been um, yeah. They really have. Mike Evans, Devontae Smith. Seems like the wide receiver to own in the Eagles offense. And then Anthony Richardson, of course, you know, we've talked about him a ton already. Hopefully he's healthy for that game against Baltimore. Can Josh Jacobs get it figured out and shake off the rust? What's going on with him? Not sure, but if he can figure it out and come back to last season form in any way, shape, uh, any way or shape, uh, I think that's going to bode really well for stretch. Sam Laporte is a promising tight end, but, you know, I don't think even he is expecting to score a ton. He's just going to kind of be that consistent play there. But he's he's, he's Thielen, the better tight end in this matchup, though. He is. Yes, absolutely. And Adam Thielen in the flex is disgusting. That's, that's, <laughs> that is awful. I don't know what his vitriol is against James Conner, but that man refuses to play James Conner. <laughs> he just, he just sits on his bench. It's like, 
I don't know. Maybe he hurt his feelings or something. I I really don't understand. Maybe but. he thinks he needs higher upside playing Anthony, but or uh, excuse me, playing Hayden. But that I don't know if Adam Thielen gives you that. I'm I'm also confused about that one. And I he, mean, he got twenty. He got twenty three carries last week over a hundred yards. What do you want the man to do? And there's an interesting lineup decision on the other side of the game as well. Absolutely, there is. Um, Cowboys D is a serious weapon, I think, to point out is also, uh, as Stretch noted earlier today in our group chat, fourth highest total points in all of fantasy football. Uh, pretty ridiculous. And they're getting um, the Cardinals. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, so guys, you know, for me on, on who I'm picking here, Obviously, I'm very tempted to pick Stretch and continue to ride the hot hand. He does seem to be the favorite in my mind, despite what Sleeper may say about Hayden's lineup. But guys, I'm going with Hayden. I I think I like his lineup up and down. And if he can even slightly just upgrade at tight end to get somewhere close to where Sam Laporta is, I think he's got a good chance at winning. Uh, So I'm going to pick Hayden but I say that nervously. I'm picking stretch. I'm picking them every week to win the rest of the year. Undefeated. <laughs> rest of the year. 13 and 0, 14 and 0, whatever it is. I'm picking stretch as well. Um, kind of, kind of to your point, he's hot right now. And until further notice, I, I'm going to keep rolling with him because Aaron Hayden hasn't really like shown. He obviously he had a good week one and a good week two in his defense. But um, I think he's really wanting, you know, Jameer Gibbs, uh, you know, ETN to really kind of start picking it up, I think, kind of being those tools that he wants. Um, interesting lineup decision. When is the last time you've seen Derrick Henry on somebody's bench? But that is currently the decision Hayden's going with. Uh, benching Derrick Henry in favor of Puka Nakua, as it is now, which I don't hate that decision. I don't. But, like, I might start Derrick Henry over like an ETN or maybe a um, a Jalen Waddle if he's out. So like he is the ultimate pivot. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he remains on his bench. It would be it would be very hard for me to stomach losing a week while benching Derrick Henry. That that'd be tough for me if I had to face that reality. Let's move on to the next matchup. We have a Cadoba clash this week. It is Tim and close but no Jamar coming into this one at one and one, taking on Steven and Mount Passmore also at one and one. Sleeper currently giving Tim a 53% chance of victory. And I think three weeks ago, you know, we would be thinking at this point, walk in the park for Tim, right? Like he is like the cream of the crop of the Cadoba division. But again, 53% chance of victory, and I think I see the reason why. Like, this is the most obvious battle of wide receivers I have ever seen because what the hell is going on in the running back room for both of these teams? I said it during the review, but on one side, you got Isaiah Pacheco and Joshua Kelly, and on the other side, you got A.J. Dillon and Dalvin Cook, ladies and gentlemen. That is, uh, that is pretty tough. But both of these teams remain formidable because of their wide receivers. Obviously, with Tim, CeeDee Land, DK Metcalf, Jamar Chase. Uh, on Steven's side, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Mike Williams. Obviously, are all tools. Why do I keep saying tools? These people are not tools. Are all players that you want to see in your matchups. 
I actually think this matchup is pretty simple. I won't even spend a lot of time on it. It's going to come down to A.J. Dillon. Or, excuse me, come down to Aaron Jones. If Aaron Jones plays and he's healthy, which seems like he's on track to be. You know, he was questionable a lot of the week, sat him out. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out this week. You think he goes into Tim, to Tim's lineup, and you got to think A.J. Dillon probably remains in Steven's lineup because I don't, are you going to pivot to Samaj P. Ryan, Jarek McKinnon? Like, I don't think he has any other option there. So I think if Aaron Jones comes in, it's, it's a win for Tim because A.J. Dillon was awful last week with the backfield to himself, and now you just add back Aaron Jones, and that's not going to go anywhere, and it's just going to help Tim. So really, I just think that's what it comes down to. If Tim can just get that little bit of an advantage in the running back position, I think that goes to him. There's really not any other further lineup decisions on either side, maybe except for Steven. I mean, do we ride the Jag boys? You know, you got Christian Kirk, who's coming off an 11 target performance. And George Kittle right now is in his lineup because his name is George Kittle. And that's all. He has been horrendous this year. I don't even think he's a top 20 tight end right now. Yeah, he's the tight end 26. And meanwhile, you got Evan Ingram, who doesn't have a sexy of a name, currently the tight end three on the bench. You got to think at some point, you got to bench the big name, go with the more productive guy, put Evan Ingram in the lineup. Last note on this, this game is definitely going to come down to Monday night. You got Jalen Hurts, Jamar Chase, Chris Godwin for Tim, George Kittle as of now, and A.J. Brown for Steven. So we may have to stay up late for this one, boys and girls. Put the kids to bed and see who comes out on top of this battle. I, for one, I, I, I was going to hedge and say, you know, if Jones plays, blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I'm just going to go Tim. I think Tim gets off the schneid. He comes back and he gets the victory. Um, going Tim. I guess I'm just playing the contrarian card because I definitely in the pickums and falling behind. So I need to gain some ground. Uh, so I'm going with Steven and really I don't have a lot of logic behind it other than uh, I think AJ Brown is due for a huge game. I think Stefan Diggs is going to have an enormous game. And I like Justin Herbert this week. And then George Kittle, man, like his style is like just when you count him out, just when you say uh, he's terrible, he's just not going to do anything, that's when he comes in and gets a 30-pointer on you. So I am just waiting for that to happen, and I, I could see it in week three just because it's random, and that's just how George Kittle rolls. So Thursday night. I just feel like George Kittle performs better in primetime. That might just be me. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Kittle, Thursday mm-hmm. night. I mean, if you need some upside, he's definitely got a way to go. Tim, you picking yourself so I, here? Yeah, I'm taking myself in this matchup. I, I do think it's going to be closer than like preceding you would have thought. But until Steven sells Stephon Diggs and maybe Dalvin Cook like a couple pieces and fully commits to the rebuild, he's he's not a, a nobody team. He's not a Clayton. He's not a Zach. We can't we can't put him in that tier just yet. I think. The way his offseason went, it's trending that direction, but he's still hanging on to some pieces that'll keep him competitive. I dig it. Two for Tim, one for Steven in that matchup. I think both teams will be disappointed if one of them ends up one and two, and unfortunately the reality is one of them will. So let's go on to the next matchup. It is another Kadoba clash between Zach and Brees Lightning and Don and uh, and Jigba's in Paris. Both teams coming into this one at 0-2. 
This is what I am dubbing the let's get off the Schneid Bowl. Let's do it. Get a win. Both teams 0-2. Uh, I'll say it's a little early. Chris, you got in the notes. I saw some comments about. I I, I just wanted to press the button. I just wanted to press the button. Winner go home. I think it's a little early, but for Don, it's, it's you know, pretty soon you're going to start having those conversations and asking those questions because. Like I mentioned earlier, the team's just not as formidable as I and I think we all um, had expected. Currently, Don with a 56% chance of victory. I'm sure he would love to get that first dub of the season. Uh, for Zach, you know, look for Brees Hall to get more involved than four carries. Um, you know, you talked about Madison a little earlier. I'm nervous about Madison. I He just doesn't look good. He looks he doesn't. slow. He's- he doesn't, yeah. And I, I had to look it up um, on the sleeper app, shout out all the data they have there. But like he hasn't averaged more than four yards of carry since his second year of the season. He's not an efficiency guy. Dang. Like, I mean, he's averaging 3.2 on the year, granted against some tough defenses, but like his averages before that, the year was 3.8 before that 3.6. Like he's just not, I don't know. I remember him being this like change of pace guy that would come in and average like six, seven yards a, a carry. But like, I, that's not who he is. Apparently I had to go back and, and write myself in that one. So yeah, until I see it, I'm not, I'm going to choose not to believe it. Um, currently Josh Downs in the starting lineup still, um, you know, Zach doesn't have many options there for Don. I in the starting lineup. My gut says he misses. He was in a lot of pain with the shoulder. He came back, but then re-aggravated it and went out again. So like I, a Thursday is a quick turnaround. I don't think I going to go this week. So, you, you know, you're looking at a flex spot where, you know, do you chase the Marquise Brown touchdown of last week? Do you chase the Sky Moore touchdown of last week? Um, the, the pieces just all of a sudden are, are it's not looking as deep as it once was. So right. I'm going to pick um, in this one, Don, actually, no. No, we'll be different. I'm gonna give Zach and Brees lightning the ball. All right. I'm gonna squeaky. What is it? Squeaky wheel gets the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, I think I think Brees Hall gets fed this week a little bit more. Not like a ton, but like 12, 13 carries. Um, I don't think Ayuk's gonna play like I mentioned. And let's just give it to you know, I don't know. Javante Williams will score two touchdowns and Khalil Herbert will get one and Zach will win 97 to 92. You know what? I think you might've just convinced me. I, I love the Brees call call. Brees call call. Brees Hall call. There you go. Yeah. I think he gets fed this week too against right. the beatable Patriots defense. I'm going to go Zach too. I'm going to change it. Let's ride. Come on, Zach. Where are you going, Aaron? I'm going Don, man. I am going Don. Yeah, I'm I'm taking him. Uh, I love Tony Pollard against Arizona. He's going to absolutely just wreck them. I mean, he will eat them alive. Uh, Chris Olave, tough matchup for sure against Jair Alexander, but he's the target leader in the Saints offense, and they're going to continue to feed him, so I'll trust the volume there. Uh, man. McLaurin and some of those other guys, yes, it, it it does look a little bleak there, but I I just have this feeling 
And I, I want to just really honestly for the vibes, like Jahan Dotson, just do something, have a breakout <laughs> party, like just score at least like 15 to 20. I don't know if Buffalo is the week to do that, but um, yeah, I, I just, I have this, this little inkling in me that, you know, my, the likes of Miles Sanders, even Brock Purdy in prime time, maybe Don can do a little bit of magic. Now, granted, I'm not calling him to blow out Zach by any means, but you know, maybe like a, 99 98 win something oh like God. that <laughs> uh, yeah we love it all right another all right. thing about zach's team though uh how do you not start brian robinson how do you, how does he not make the lineup i mean are you guys in that same boat like i think i'm definitely i, I would starting certainly him start him khalil herbert, khalil herbert. yeah, yeah. Tough, tough matchups the only thing i can think of he's got buffalo who who they just shut somebody down last week who did buffalo play this past week uh the raiders it's josh jacobs Raider, josh yeah, jacobs, jacobs. Yeah. They, they shut him down so i mean i get you can play the matchup card but um i'm with you i, I think he's got to find a way he's the running back three in fantasy football right now brian robinson i think you gotta start him good call out there aaron um and by the way i don't think there's anybody in the world that wants Jahan Dotson to play well, better, more than this podcast. We are a Jahan Dotson podcast. Get out there, big fella. All right. Well, we're getting into our last matchup, and that means it is the matchup to watch this week. Aaron, take it away. We got a matchup in the Chipotle division against Team Fairlife. Your boy coming into 1-1, one one, taking on Anthony and the Juggernaut. Team Uninspired Youth at 2-0. Guys, it's only week three, but major implications in the Chipotle division with this matchup. This would be a massive W if I can pull it up. Massive, massive win for Chris if he could pull it off. Really not surprisingly so. Anthony has a 60% chance of victory, although Chris doesn't have a defense in right now, so that could come down some, but I still think Sleeper will give the edge to Anthony, and I think he deserves that. Uh, he gets to deploy for the first time all season. The Lamar Jackson is a flower stack, and I really like it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do. Too. I say, I say, unfortunately, because it's against our beloved Colts, and we, Colts, you know, Colts. the wide, don't want to. The wide receiver one of off, every but. team has dominated the Colts. Nico Collins last week, Calvin Ridley week one. Assuming Zay Flowers is one, and we I don't think we've like officially solidified that yet, but assuming he's one, or it could be a big Mark Andrews game, I don't know. But like there's usually that one guy that pops off against the Colts, at least so far the first two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But uh, it's looking good for the Ravens for sure, especially at home. Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, they're going to get theirs and some pretty juicy matchups, I would say, for them. CMC, Keenan Allen, I think also have some good matchups this week. If Anthony's flex spots perform well, I think he will be very difficult to beat. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper in that flex position, you got to wonder, you know, is is he going to be okay? know what's kind of the the storyline there um and then yeah zay flowers like we already mentioned kind of a wild card too 
on Chris's side, he will need at least 140 points, I think, to keep pace. But he does have some guys that I really do think can help him get there. Josh Allen and James Cook will just need to continue catching fire. No setbacks from James Cook. He just needs to continue on the pace he's at. He needs at least 15, I think. Kyron Williams and Jerome Ford, I think, need to also have monster games. We'd love to see. How gross is that? If you were to tell me three weeks ago, yeah, in week three, you're going to start Kyron Williams and Jerome Ford, I'd be like, I'm (laughs) 0-3. Welcome to to fantasy football, man. But, I mean, it just speaks to the depth that you are incurring all of these injuries and you get to just plug these guys in. So, uh, but nonetheless, they really do need to perform for you. If they could just basically replicate what they just did this past week, you'd be in business. I think an X factor for you is going to be Calvin Ridley, which I expect him personally to have a really great bounce back game against a vulnerable Texans pass defense. TJ Hawkinson, I think, also needs to just continue to just dominate and either match or exceed Kelsey. I think if, you know, Kelsey goes for 17, if Hawk can get 15 or more, I think you're fine. But there can't be a huge discrepancy there or else, you know, it's going to be tough sledding. I am taking Chris in this one selfishly because I need Anthony to start losing somewhere. And outside of the next couple of weeks, I don't see a lot of losses after that for him. So either Chris or Hayden needs to take care of business in an interdivisional matchup. And I really do think Chris has the players to do it, but he, much like a daily fantasy lineup, he just needs most of those guys to hit or else he's not going to be in the money. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking me as well. Um, my matchups aren't fantastic, uh, but I just, I can't, choose against myself right now i i am currently the most plug and play team right now it's kind of crazy that like i just like I'm, I'm really interested to see what deandre swift does this week um you know how's that backfield look after he just absolutely dominated last week um got my eyes on jordan addison as well you know two touchdowns in two weeks you know i considered maybe plugging him in this week but uh i still just have a lot of pieces on my team i'm trying to figure out and uh don't look now but this is the last week until one of my sus players come back. We get him back next week, baby. Let's go, Alvin Kamara. Can't wait to welcome him back to the squad, especially how with how the New Orleans backfield is looking right now. It's looking really gross. So looking forward to welcoming Kamara back in. But, yeah, I'm taking me. Tim, who you got? I'd love to complete the sweep for you, but I'm going to take Anthony in this one. I think the matchups are – too juicy and it's it's so hard right now early in the season to pick out against a team that has christian mccaffrey justin jefferson and travis kelsey i just don't know that i can do it it's because i talked bad about your team isn't it isn't it parcel man i know i knew it i knew it all right well two for your boy one for anthony closes out the week three preview Again, I mentioned it. You're gonna see. You're gonna get a lot of questions answered this week. I think after week three, I think three weeks. It's like officially a thing now. Like it's, you know, you got two weeks to figure it out. After week three, we're gonna get some answers. Let's go ahead and close us out here. Broncos country, let's ride. 
www.thisleaguepod.com is where you can go to track all of the up-to-the-minute waiver wires, trades, scores, all of that good stuff. And as always, this league underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, comment on this, leave a rating, share us with your friends. And as always, just drop a, uh, what do you call those things when you build fences that you're just like a stud driver? What do you call those things? Hole post digger. A post digger. Yeah, I think a post. We probably sound so ignorant right now. Goodness gracious. Drive a post digger. Oh, whoa. On that like button, ladies and gentlemen, and just break it and then just smash it again. Fire a rocket onto that like button. Yeah, do it. Do it. Or you could just click it. Could you you could you could also click it. Also, before we sign off, a request by the people, a quick pick'ems update through two weeks. Tim, come on, baby. Tim on top of the pick'ems at nine and one. Your boy right behind him at eight and two. And Aaron just floating above five hundred there at six and Struggling. four. Six and four. I was back, back to back champ in pickums, and I now it's say. like I lost my, I lost my mojo, man. I know, I know. I, you were, you had a lot of contrarian picks this week. I believe in you. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you. I'm Chris. On behalf of Clayton, getting out of the number ten of the power rankings, started from the bottom. Now he's here, baby. I'm out. Love you guys. Peace. Go on, get. I gave you the keys, so you bring it right back. I just, I just think it's funny how it goes. Now I'm on the road, half a million for a show, and we started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team. Yeah, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Yeah, started, started from the bottom, now we're here.